Okay, we are going to be talking with Polis. He is a Web3 game and NFT designer. He's with a project that I personally am a fan of and I, I'm invested in called Monster Buds. And this is an interesting look at the intersection of cannabis and new technologies. So stay tuned. We're about to hop on the phone with Polis. Hey, this is Matt. Hey, what up, man? How's it going? Pretty good, man. Just uh, finished with pretty much all the calls. Uh, way back. Right on. So, a quick question: How do I pronounce your name? Uh, Polis, but uh, Paul is totally fine. And how do I pronounce your last name? Podunas. Gotcha. Thank you. Mine's yeah, uh, you're mine's pretty straightforward. It's Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, really easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, thanks for taking the time to chat with me, and uh, I'm I'm curious about what you have going on. So let's just kind of dive in. So what is it that you're working on in crypto or Web three and in cannabis? Like, what projects are you working on? Uh, well, some of the ones that I could share. Obviously, you've probably seen posting a lot about Monster Buds. Uh, currently talking with a few other um, NFT. Uh, Startups that are focusing more on like land ownership, uh, focusing on like uh, digital uh, acreage almost, and then uh, another one uh, in the works, uh, still going through the legal side, is a payment processing system with a launch pad, like basically able to contribute ICO to various uh, uh, startups, which are more than likely going to be cannabis uh, startups on the platform. How did you How did you get involved in the cannabis? Like, are like, did you work in cannabis? Are you an enthusiast, grower? Like, what's your background in weed? Yeah, so, um, uh, like anybody else has a like pretty much like story. Uh, I've been a type 1 diabetic for over a decade, mm. and uh, after I got diagnosed, and I was uh, over yeah, like 11 years ago, I think so. I was 17 years old, I was uh, in high school, and uh, the only thing that kind of helped me during high school because everybody was drinking and, you know, uh, having a bad diet pretty much and all that, uh, cannabis helped me, uh, a lot. So I started, uh, selling cannabis. I was really actually deep. Uh, I guess, I don't, I don't even know if I could call myself legacy worker, but like I was so deep into it that, um, all I wanted to do is just a really, really good weed. Um, and I had a supplier coming from Oregon all the time that I was selling like indoor weed, basically to supply in the whole Chicago of like top quality stuff. And, uh, I got into extraction and just trying to apply more, you know, rather recreational, more of like medicinal purposes to mitigate um, effects of type 1 diabetes, whether it was uh, digestion issues, rotation, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, eventually, once I got into design, uh, when I was about 24, I dropped out of college, um, wanted to make a huge shift in my career and always, you know, once before I got almost caught selling weed, I told myself that I'll do this one day legally, um, uh, and I that's all I wanted to do, but uh, I just really didn't know how to get into it. Obviously, you know, there's uh, the entry barrier back almost like 10 years ago, there was almost none, uh, non-existent. You had to be really, really well connected. And uh, when I got into design in 2016, 
uh, I was already thinking about looking over the market. I saw a few tech companies pop it up. I knew that software is going to be big when it comes to various verticals within the cannabis right industry, whether it was like cultivation, um, uh, whether it was uh, retail and stuff like that. So I knew the tech is going to start uh, growing within the cannabis. And I think uh, that's where I knew that my opportunity will be to enter the space. Uh, in 2017, <laughs> one year after design, um, I've worked three different gigs, gained a little bit of knowledge, uh, worked different types of gigs, worked specifically with like interfaces, uh, a little bit more uh, research and strategy orientated. And uh, in 2017, I said, why not just uh, focus on like creating an agency maybe and focus on pitching work. But I had no clue anything about like positioning, uh, business models, you know, uh, capturing leads, <laughs> working with CRM uh, campaigns and all that <laughs> stuff. Uh, I completely failed. So I went back to uh, just working regular design gigs, uh, freelancing. And uh, I think in 2019, uh, I really got sick of working for agencies and just different gigs. And I was like, I have to really come back to the cannabis industry just because I was passionate about it. Uh, I went in with the mind of just doing it very organically and I started a podcast. So I was going to bring in uh, just, I guess, folks from cannabis and hemp industry and just interview them and uh, gain a little bit of awareness within the industry. And that's like my way of, I guess, providing value of some sort of platform and just introducing myself, getting to know me, but also um, talking about, you know, cool products. Uh, eventually, uh, people just started DMing me on LinkedIn asking me like, hey, uh, how do you do, uh, do, you do design? Do you do uh, app development, web development? You know, hey, can you make me a website and stuff like that? And uh, I was like, hey, there's actually a really a need for design. So I started uh, offering uh, design workshops for more like pre-seed or early stage uh, tech startups. And then uh, this year uh, in 2000, actually 2021 qu- uh, fourth quarter, uh, I started a- adding more services to my agency, more of like UI strategy, research based stuff uh, and kind of going from there. <laughs> yeah. That's uh <laughs> that's awesome. Like the learning curve of entrepreneurship is something special in and of itself. So <laughs> just sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> chuckled because I've, I've went through the same struggles myself. So <laughs> yeah. So how different is working with a cannabis client compared to a traditional business client? Well, it, it really depends um, I remember somebody DM me too. Uh, she was a project manager switching to the cannabis industry. She was a non-technical, I think, um, cannabis uh, or non-technical project manager. But uh, my philosophy that worked for me was I had a skill already. I had UX design. I knew that I could apply the same skill to a tech company because I knew that tech companies are aware of UX design. Uh, at first, when I pitched you know, UX uh, design, user experience stuff to regular cannabis companies that are not really orientated in that space they know what marketing is but they're not really sure of what the ux is or product design they've heard of it uh yeah that that there's a little bit of friction between that you have to talk in i guess different terminologies uh you really have to understand the customer but when it comes to more of like tech oriented companies you know you just find the i guess the stakeholder or whoever the decision maker is uh, more than likely it's going to be some sort of project manager or some sort of product owner or maybe even uh, some sort of C-level executive or like a CTO or something like that. They're the ones that are going to know or have a clue what UX is and if there's a need uh, within their uh, ecosystem or you know, startup. Gotcha. 
And when do when do the cannabis companies come to you? Do they come to you when? when? Yeah, like um, people would come to us to find talent like two weeks before they needed it. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Um. So like, when did when did your clients come to you? Early in the process, late in the process, middle yeah, of the process? Yeah. Early. It, it, most of them were early in the process. It's usually around uh, you know launching something. Uh, or it's usually of something that they're kind of experiencing with friction with, whether it's launching a feature, whether, um, you know, not able to convert users on their website, whether it's an e-commerce store or something like that. Um, uh, usually in the beginning stages, yeah, usually when there's some sort of uh, bigger initiative step to take. Mm, okay. So what are the differences between, what are the what are the difference between web 2.0 and web 3.0 switching gears a little bit but, yeah yeah uh, well <laughs> uh i mean where do you start yeah in the simplest kindergarten level terms uh ownership of your data right uh, a good example is uh we've been logging in to different applications and websites right with using our apple or um google account Everybody does that. Everybody's familiar with that process. It's really easy, right? It's really expedited for us. But in return, uh, yeah, we securely log into those applications. They verify us very easily. But the company itself owns your data, and they're able to use the data for their own, you know, goods, <laughs> for their own outcomes. Yeah. Versus now with the Web3, um, imagine that you're going to be logging in with a wallet. And everybody heard of a wallet. There's different keys that we could go over that later. But you're going to have a dedicated wallet with yourself, a very secured one, and the Web3 applications that you're going to be able to interact with, use, whether it's buying crypto, whether it's attending an event, webinar, something like that, uh, whether it's using like different tokens, uh, you're going to be able to log in with your wallet and have full ownership of you know your data or some sort of agreement with SIN before you log in with your wallet or, ha- or give access to it that there is some sort of exchange that they're going to have um, some piece of information maybe to use to their, you know, to their good, whether it's maybe for marketing or, you know, for future, for future uh, contact. Mm. And I, I was talking with uh, Walt Rampata earlier this week, and he said that all the data that Google and YouTube, Facebook collects on an individual is worth about a hundred thousand dollars. And that blew my yes. mind. I was like, what? But of course it makes sense, but I just, I'd never put a number to it. it that, yeah. 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 And, and uh, I mean, once when, when you tie something to a metric and you kind of get to the bottom line, it's like, it, it's mind blowing. Um, you know, and it's like, they're the ones that are raking in the most profits, but you're not getting anything. And um, what happened right. in 2018, I was a part of this um, social media platform called Steemit. Uh, it was sort of like a um, Reddit design. Uh, we had a few platforms on there as well. We had a decentralized video streaming platform. We had DTube, which was like basically decentralized YouTube. Um, and at that point, uh, when everything was booming in early 2018, we were going through the bull market. Um, I was recording videos and I was getting a lot of donations. I think I donated over a thousand dollars a month to, I'm a type one diabetic. I donated a, uh, over a thousand dollars to uh, diabetes foundations, just posting videos about my experience of blogs, educate, educating other people. And that's where it kind of gave me the opportunity and the thought about creating a, a, almost like a personal economy without permissionless economy, without, you know, 
having a middleman where there could be other influencers creating videos and maybe we could create like some sort of pool of capital to help uh, other diabetics who don't have access to insulin or, you know, whatever, whatever the issues are. And, um, and uh, that was like the most eye-opening experience for me. And it was in 2018 that the Web3 will uh, change the environment of how we actually communicate, how we work together, how we solve issues, because uh, most, I mean, most of the issues today, if you look at it, are problems. It's just some sort of uh, municipal, local level, um, you know, restrictions or some sort of laws laid around where you can't do that or you have to have something in order to do that. And what Web3 provides us is permissionless where we could come together as builders and say, hey, uh, we're creating the small economy. This is what we're doing. And if there's contributors or, or people who really resonate with your vision to contribute to your work, whether it's talent, whether it's uh, resources, whether it's uh, different you know, network connections and stuff like that. Uh, and to get to that, you know, outcome or whatever that is. And I know you mentioned something about like a nonprofit, what you guys are doing, man. So, um, there's so many, there's so many ways with web three, but I feel like in, in like a very general macro sense, uh, it's, it's, it's a freedom of internet. I would say it gives us freedom to do anything we want. Which is, I think was the promise of the, of the internet to begin with. (laughs) And it sort of didn't go that way. And yeah, I, I agree. And thank you for the insights and the explanation on it. And it's something where adoption, same with cannabis, is is the same issue. But I think that that's awesome that you found a way to fund a, a mission or a cause that you that was was important to you and affected you and affected people that had the same affliction as you. I think that's a lot of people don't don't do that. So that's awesome. Anytime anybody anybody gives or is charitable i i don't care what it is i'm like yeah way to go you know putting your money where your mouth is so that's that's really awesome the fact that you yeah, built and, and, that and, out too is really commendable and the, the 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 issue too like you know i love the cannabis industry like everybody's good but then there's also um i don't know like i feel sometimes like a sense of hostility from people or uh <laughs> you know people that People that ignored me for a year, a year later, now they're DMing me and I'm like, oh, so now, now you're coming back, right? Like when I asked you for something and I, I totally understand that, you know, I, I'm empathetic towards that. Everybody's in their own, you know, trip, uh, sort of you say. And, um, but, uh, I don't know. It just felt like, uh, if you try to do something, you know, before this web three boom came in, if you try to do something, everybody's going to tell you, uh, how not to do it or how impossible it is to do it. Or they're, and, or they're apathetic to it. They don't care. Yes, yes, exactly. And, and you know, that's what kind of got to me where I was like, what are, what are you guys are doing? You're just posting on LinkedIn, but you're not taking any action. And then, right. oh, oh, and then uh, you're coming up with ideas that I'm o- only in the ministry for a few years. I don't have any uh, experience. I'm like, I have a pretty good amount of experience where I focus, you know, in the last few years and know where I could add value to. Uh, so I'm just, you know, I just took that step of saying, hey, uh, I've done this before in Web3 in 2018 when we built a decentralized platform. Uh, for video streaming, I'm like, well, I could probably do the same thing right now just because people are more in tune uh, in terms of, you know, adoption, onboarding onto different technologies, and they're very, very interested in Web3 versus in 2018, there was like the first rush of like people thinking of what Bitcoin is and how everybody is making money and people thinking that they're dumping money. And it was just, uh, it was more of a... Um, I don't know. The bull run was more like a PR versus right now. Obviously, there's a lot of PR and there's a lot of hype around it, but more of like technological uh, integration going on with the Web3. Yeah. And the, the, the power of it is being demonstrated with what happened in Canada 
and what's oh, happening yes, yes. you know right now in ukraine i saw somebody set up a uh ukrainian dow and i was like yeah 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 huh. <laughs> yeah so so and and when you think about it from a legal standpoint i mean towards the end uh you know it, there's what is that the cliche term you can't uh even though i hate politics you, you know pot you can't spell pot without politics oh, and that's yeah. like kind of true and most of the time when you look at it it's only the government that's in the way. All the stuff that is going on right now in today's <laughs> world, uh, there, there's always somebody, it's always the government in the way of people. Uh, and they're the ones that own patents. They're the ones that own laws that prevent you. They're the ones that create some sort of stupid uh, documents that you have to have or passings or some sort of regulations. And they're always in the way. And then it's the same thing with, uh, you know, global warming or, you know, sustainable solutions. Well, Hey, 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 who who are the corporate people who funded all this? Right. And then if somebody came in with a sustainable solution, uh, what was it? Like people who had already um, motorcycles running on water or something like that, or like just electrical aspects, you guys are the ones that bury the technology for your own good. And now we're at that point where like, hey, government is not really bringing a good ROI to us anymore. And yeah. I think Web3 gives us an ability to think about a bigger picture of actually creating communities and having ownership of our own economies, right? Because that's all we want to do. We, 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 we just want to build. We, we don't want to do anything else. We just want to build, interact with human beings and cut out the middleman, right? The government always pointing out, you can't do this, you have to do that, or you have to give us a little bit of this, or give us a piece of your uh, you know, money or capital or whatever it is. Everything that you do, they have to have a little bit of it. And I think that's where people got sick of it. And, Web3 is definitely going to be a solution for a lot of problems, especially when it comes to funding. Um, and I think uh, the biggest one that I think um, everybody's behind in the Web3 and has like a, a common issue that we're working towards is to really, really, really solve the uh, hunger and homelessness issue uh, around the world. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I really do think in the next decade that's what's going to happen. And, and what, how is that going to look like? You know, how is that going to look like when people are not no longer homeless or transitioning into maybe a better mental state also, and they're starting to create, right? And how does that creator economy look like when there's no middleman? Or there's at least, you know, less regulations where people could freely build. Well, yeah, and it's something where I've been hanging out in the Twitter spaces. I was I was early on Clubhouse, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. the Clubhouse is Lake Michigan and Twitter spaces is the Pacific Ocean. So I've migrated over there. <laughs> Good explanation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just... When I'm working or, or doing something that doesn't require me to talk or listen, which is not very often in the day, but I'll just have Twitter spaces on and I'll listen. And you know, it's, sometimes it's some bullshit and I'm like, oh God, I'll yeah. turn it off. <laughs> but they'll get into some stuff and I'll just, I've been doing that for a couple of weeks now and I have just absorbed so much information. But what what I learned from from our cannabis perspective, and I'm the co-founder, I'm the chair of, of our cannabis. And what I learned was through our experience in fundraising in the crypto space, but also what I had, what I'm seeing and hearing in Twitter spaces is the generosity. Somebody will come on there and they'll say, Hey, I'm an artist. I'm in Istanbul and I'm, I made this butterfly and it is a butterfly and they'll tell a story and someone will be compelled and they'll send them 0.003 ETH because they like the story behind behind what they're doing or they like the cause. And I thought, wow, what a way to just reach across the globe and impact somebody's life. I mean, 
0003 ETH is what, like a hundred bucks maybe. I mean, like people go and spend that on drinks in, in a night. That's, that's nothing. I mean, that's, that's a quarter, but that could be someone's that could support a whole family for a month in a different part of the world. So that's an interesting prospect and the way to have an immediate direct and tangible impact on each other's lives. I like that. And I, I like the, what, what I've experienced with fundraising is the cannabis companies do not care. They, you know, our cannabis is an organization that takes people that otherwise would not be able to participate in the cannabis workforce. And we, get them prepared to work in the cannabis workforce. And we have every walk, talk, color, creed, background, age, education level. I mean, everybody across the spectrum comes through us. It's not, it's, it's not just fuck ups or, or, or people out of jail or anything like that. Any stereotype that anybody would have with, with job readiness programs, throw that out the window because working in cannabis is the fastest growing industry. And it has been for the last three years. And that's not going to change. And, what I found was I would go to companies and I would say, hey, this is who we are. This is our mission. This is where we come from. And this is what we're about. And they would go, yeah, we don't care. And I would go, how do you not care? One, this is a good thing. No one is doing the work that we're doing in the world. You know, we work with people in Germany and Australia, all across North America. So this, this is inherently good, helping people get jobs so they can not only improve their own lives, but improve the industry is a good thing. And so we're, we're washing the hands of, of, of each other and they go, we don't care. But what I found was the moment that we went on the giving block and set up our, our uh, donation portal, I mean, we raised, mm-hmm. we, were, we raised thousands of dollars within 24 hours and I, I didn't do anything. I didn't, I didn't, I literally didn't do any blasts on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, nothing. I just put it up there. And the community said, hey, wow, look what they're doing. This is awesome. We want to support this. And we totally sidestepped all the corporations. And I went, wow, this is really powerful because it's the people supporting other people. And I just think that's awesome. And that, I think that's the promise of, of Web3 and, and crypto in general. So I'm picking up what you're laying down for sure. And I, I just think it's awesome. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm uh, every single day I wake up, uh, I'm I'm super excited. There, I, 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 I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not, I'm not, um, uh, I guess it's not a good thing to say. But I haven't taken off, I haven't taken a day off in the last, I don't know, probably two, three months. Uh, but I have this like natural energy where I just have to get something out right now. Mm. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm riding the wave as much as I can. Cause I, and I know soon enough the wave will come crashing down or, you know, calm down and I'll get to the shore and I guess take a breath. <laughs> but, uh, right now, uh, right now, no, I, I'm just so fascinated. Like when you have this natural energy, you wake up and I think it, it just hits your purpose and everything is aligned. You go for it. Uh, and like you said, um, other people are uplifting other people. We're social animals, right? Towards the end of the day. And when somebody supports you and when somebody wants to contribute, uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's spiritual, it's magical, it's, it's, it's pure love, right? To build. And when you come together on one mission, it's just, uh, it, there's no words, you know, for it. Many hands make light work is what comes to my mind. And it's something that yeah. I say often. And, you know, for us, we... We're registered with the federal government as a 501c3 organization, and mm-hmm. yet we cannot 
use PayPal or Stripe. Uh, we were using oh uh, authorized authorized.net. Their integration was atrocious. We have had a nightmare trying to just accept gifts, which the truth is, is that every organization, nonprofit organization in the world needs money. The yep. it, it just it takes money because the people that work there have to live and it takes money to do the mission. And yep. it has been a nightmare, not not raising funds because people say, OK, we're we'll either support you or we won't. And I'll say, OK, well, thank you for your time and move on to the next one. <laughs> but the issue has been actually accepting the gift. That's been the hard part, which kills me. Like, oh my God, it's, it's, um, it's starving and having my face pl- pressed up against a glass window and watching people eat hot soup. And I just go, oh my God, it's right there. <laughs> right? <laughs> so what I, what I found was the ease that we had in accepting donations with crypto. And we sidestepped all of the, all of the bullshit with the companies like PayPal. Yeah. I would go to PayPal and I'd say, look, we're registered with the federal government. What is, they don't have a problem with us. Why do you? And they would say, because we do. And I would go, this is bullshit. And they'll go, yeah, well, too bad. Beat it. <laughs> okay. So I don't have time to fight with them because I lose and there's no point in fighting with them, but it's about bringing solutions to bear. And something yep. you touched on earlier was with web three and, and crypto, we can just, just like a wave breaking around a rock, we can just go around it and just pass right through it. And that's really powerful. It, it's, it's, empower, it's empowering for organizations like ours and like Canabetic and UNICEF and anybody who's trying to do good in this world or create something. It, it lets the market decide if, if that is something that they want in their community. And then if they do, then it's supported. If they don't, then go fix it or let it die. I like that. I like it. So a funny thing is uh, you actually have like a bigger business and bigger goals and uh, different problems uh, with the nonprofit. Uh, I have uh, Canabetic LLC. I got banned from PayPal. I got banned from Stripe. I got banned from uh, a few freelance um, like project management tools that have payment integration and a small CRM. You know, that helps me basically run my business. Yeah. And two of them, two of them basically emailed that uh, we took the step. We noticed uh, because of a high risk, but I'm like, it's ancillary. Like, I don't work with the plant. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, we're just literally, I'm like, I've never been on the, I've never been at a cultivation with the work line that I do. I've worked with, uh, what do you call, uh, climate systems and like interfaces for them, design interfaces for them, but I've never, you know, been on indirect you know touch with the plant and they just email basically a script that they have you know the policies i'm a high risk and got banned from that so once uh i think last year i don't know if i posted that last year i posted that uh maybe i did uh about uh me switching to crypto BitPay, uh, and once i had that it was just so much easier yeah and, and i'm an agency and i'm an agency i don't do anything besides digital work <laughs> We did just the, because I have Canna in on my LLC when I have to fill out, you know, the business end of things. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like I'll get three weeks usage out of a software tool, <laughs> and then before before I notice, there's some red flag. Uh, payment processing goes back to the client. I can't cash out my money. Then uh, soon enough, I can't log into my account and look at my CRM system. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it was uh, 
it was, it was a pain in the ass. And now I'm like, uh, I'll just start accepting crypto through uh, Bitpain and a few other payment processors that are available. And uh, I think it's even better for me because I could keep half of the assets. Uh, <laughs> and for businesses in general, you could keep the assets versus cashing out. And if the assets grow, that's a positive, you know, sum for you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine, yeah. imagine somebody donating, you know, to your nonprofit a million and let's say Ether right now is like, what, 2,800 and yeah. uh, 2.8 million. And then the next day it raises to almost 4,000 and your, your, your pro- nonprofit or your business has an extra almost million on top. What could that do to make a bigger impact? You know, that's just, uh, and, and, and there, there's positives and negatives. Yes, we know volatility involved, <laughs> but uh, when you do have a gain on something and it impacts your business in a positive way, I think uh, that's great. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we have the ability to do that, to hold it or to convert it to cash. And what studies are showing right now is that donors would prefer the money be converted and, and used right away. Yeah. Yeah. So for a nonprofit, it's really just about stewardship. It's, Mm -hmm. it's appeasing the donors. It's what do they want? And so we, we just sort of follow the, that trend, but I'm, I pick, I'm picking up what you're laying down. Absolutely. And it's something that we've had discussions at our board meetings about. And uh, for now, but for now, we're just converting it to cash. One, because we, we needed to keep the lights on. <laughs> I mean, just because the only way that we can accept is crypto or someone cut us a check or we could do uh, a wire transfer. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's very difficult when it comes to the... Um, and PayPal is pretty ubiquitous. And so it, it's, it's stifling and it, it's frustrating when we're, we're doing good and we're being impeded. That, I gnash my teeth about that. And in general, any, anything, whether it's a for-profit or a nonprofit that's doing good in this world, why impede it? And I, again, that goes back to, to web 3.0. And so what are the challenges that, that web three has to overcome for mass adoption. Uh, accessibility is the biggest one. I mean, everybody talks, you know, uh, UX. And then when you ask them, what, what about, what are the specifics of UX that are you talking about? And they're talking about general sense, which is, it's good that people have a sense of, at least they know the word user experience, that something goes <laughs> wrong on their platform or they feel it. Uh, you know, while using the app, that's really good. I think that it's, uh, it's a growing awareness, but uh, it's accessibility, right? It's some people, look, some people won't ever learn about what fully uh, or fully understand what blockchain is. They won't fully understand what uh, NFT is, but because they're going to use it, they're going to have a use case for it and that's enough for them, right? Whether it's, um, you know, having an NFT or some sort of ownership of your content or maybe doing like a transaction work or uh, purchasing a service or something like that. Uh, that's where I think that's where uh, it's at. So accessibility is the biggest one. Uh, and that's what we're doing at Monster, but the few collaborations that we're working on now for uh, minting a few utility tokens later, uh, we're actually integrating uh, credit and debit cards. Really? And are you not having any issues with <laughs> back to paper processors or anything like no, that? No, no. We, we got, yeah, we, we're kind of set up for that. We've tested a lot and uh, we're pretty good with that now. Yeah. Yeah. You, we did that. We did that in 2018. So uh, the biggest issue with uh, Vin TV, uh, it was a decentralized platform that we built. 
Um, beforehand, you needed to wait about two to three weeks um, before the block had created your wallet. And it cost the blockchain about, you could either pay up front, I think it was like 20 something dollars, or you could wait two weeks and, and uh, get the wallet for free, basically your account, your profile. Uh, what we did with uh, VimTV, we used um, Fundition, which is a peer-to-peer -peer, uh, decentralized uh, crowd uh, funding uh, platform. Uh, we were paying for, we were basically onboarding and paying for the wallets right away for people that wanted to stream right away. Mm. Okay. So, you know, back in, it was obviously a pain in the ass uh, setting everything up, uh, doing one-on-one. -on -one and, and just imagine if there was an influx of users where there's like a thousand <laughs> signups every single day and, you know, three little guys behind the computer <laughs> developer and the programmer have to take on these types of jobs. It, it's a pain in the butt. But when it comes to just onboarding, educating people where the use cases of their wallets are um, and what they could use that specific part, whatever contextually that, you know, digital usage is, I think that's that's more than enough um, when it comes to like a mass adoption. Mm, gotcha. You right. You led into my next question and, and monster buds, like how are you involved? How did it come to be? What does it do? Can you talk a little bit about that project? Yeah. So, uh, that was, uh, man, that was like, um, it was just all synchronicities. As soon as mm. I started, uh, talking about web three on LinkedIn about a few months ago, uh, I also had a Twitter. I never had a Twitter, but I just never used it. I just had like 50 followers on it. Right. <laughs> um, I, connect, I connected I connected with all the dope uh, crypto cannabis, uh, the founders, the uh, developers, like more, I guess, product people like myself, marketers and stuff like that. And uh, I mean, there's just like a fun community. And then I started posting, uh, documenting my videos of what I'm doing with the cannabis NFT project that I'm working on. Mm. Uh, and eventually I got a reply at DM. They're like, Hey, uh, we see that you're working in the cannabis industry. You have cannabis industry experience. Uh, we would love to talk. We need some UX UI stuff, um, for monster bus. So we took a few phone calls and, you know, a little after we kind of defined the scope of what we want to do. Uh, and I'm basically, um, user experience designer, but also like a design lead and sort of doing project management right now to establish like foundational parts. Uh, and Monster Buds, uh, is, uh, basically an NFT with story, uh, and soon to be a play to earn game. And, uh, you're able to have different utilities, like you're able to smoke your own buds. If you have two different NFTs from us, like two different buds, you're able to breathe them together and make more NFTs, which is cool with like different <laughs> uh, properties. Uh, and the play to earn, uh, aspect is going to be very fun too. I can't share too much of it, but in the next few weeks, you guys will hear about it. It's, it's, it's going to be super fun. So you could grow buds, breathe buds and smoke buds. <laughs> so, so it's, it, it almost replicates the whole cannabis experience of growing, growing through, uh, you know, the seed and the flowering period. And within about like five days, uh, you have like a full monster, which is basically a created NFT on your, uh, blockchain. And, you, and the cool thing is like you could interact and check every 24 hours, see how your butt is doing. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, the cool thing is too, same thing with like breeding. Uh, we just say like, get your free con with any of your favorite <laughs> buds and you, <laughs> you can collect these for allowing others to breed with your butt, which is really cool. Uh, so there's going to be like a lot of cross functions too and utilities and, um, the next big step besides the games and stuff, focusing on more like in real life events, partnerships with brands. And, um, it, it's super exciting. It's, it's a really fun community. Um, uh, 
it, that's why I kind of joined it, just because um, the community aspect of it. You just you just sense it. I know that you, I saw that you bought a a token not too long ago. I did, and I'm yeah. really fascinated by their uh, community as well, because when you look at a like a perfect community or like a, pro, a community fit uh, in terms of those uh, approaches, uh, it's it's really fascinating to see what a good community can do because people take initiatives without, like I said, it's like permissionless initiatives. Uh, like I see on Tokers, there's already groups within the Toker ecosystem and they have their own podcast. There's like the dispensary.eth, there's talks. Um, like we have a few mental talks, uh, mental health talks uh, within. So people, when people connect with like-minded people, they're going to create more stuff. So you always expect when you have a good community, there's always more uh, more brought to the table because you're not unsure what's going to happen within the ecosystem until people started interacting with each other. Mm. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty fun, and you know i I have no idea. I come from cannabis, so I've been in I've been in the field for 13 years. I uh, was a grower and a dispensary owner for many years. So I mean, like I did that, and uh, <laughs> I mean it's 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 just this is so wild to me to, to one, to have a podcast talking about cannabis and then two to see web three and all these, how out everybody is and how for it everybody is and the sense of community and excitement and how much learning and sharing there is going on in these spaces. And that's something that was very common in, in cannabis pre 2016 really it was if you were in you're in and it was like hey you're one of us and there's not a lot of us so let's help each other and that's the same vibe i get in these spaces and i'm that's that's um that's invigorating and it's 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 exciting to see all the people come together with different perspectives and different backgrounds in this to me, it seems like a pretty protected environment. I haven't seen really any trolling or people fucking with each other too much, or if at all. It's been very welcoming. Yeah, it, it is. It, like I said, it, it really depends on the audience and which community you're part of. Like, um, you know, you're talking about trolling in 2018 when we were um, when we were running Vim TV. It was decentralized video streaming platform, and you know, when we had this, it was a there was a whole political like doxing going on on YouTube that these big um, extremist uh, channels were getting banned. And that's when the whole like swing started taking uh, a lot of those people actually started streaming on their platform. And we were really afraid oh. of that because we had, you know, normal people, we had artists, we had gamers just streaming on a platform. All they wanted to do is just to interact and have fun. And we knew that, um, we might have issues with that because of their history of being banned from different platforms, you know, and, uh, yeah. you know, for me, it was terrifying because at first I, you know, I'm dealing with shitheads that could really dox you and, you know, you could get in trouble and you could have your shit house raided and that's something I don't want to do. And, um, that's where I was, uh, really, you know, that was the first exposure to like building the community the right way not being a troll and i think in general just people like yeah we troll a little bit here and there but it's like within you know within our i guess boundaries <laughs> there's yeah, always I, there's always room to troll but within right. the boundaries where it's like it's just you know shooting the shit and in, in terms of that 
But um, no, our community is awesome. And most of the communities are awesome within the Web3 space. Like with Monster, but we have like the ethos of like good vibes. And like we all we go all in, in the morning and chat and we're like good vibes, good vibes. It's like good morning, good vibes. And we do like, a, you know, uh, like a gift for it. I think it's like really cool because people connect with that. And um, I think people even develop uh, relationships offline. And that's really cool. And uh, that's what I said. Um, I think I mentioned that earlier too. Uh, in 2018, like one of the most, Fast. I mean, in general, I was I was a gamer all my life. I played Counter Strike. Uh, you know, I'm from Europe, so we played in like internet cafes, <laughs> and just in general, Counter Strike. You play with worldwide people, and I actually connected with a lot more people over the internet than in real life. Like I have met better people over the internet than in real life, which is crazy to say. And I feel like most of the people in the Web three. Uh, they do develop better relationships online and then, you know, transition into offline rather than, you know, in person. Yeah, there was a, yeah, I, I, I remember I would play, I, I played Fortnite when it, before it even really like early, early, early. And when it blew up, I was, I was done with it, but uh, I would talk to the same group of people every day at the same time. And we would get to know each other over like a year. And they were like my friends, you know, I never, I don't, I didn't even know what they look like, but I knew about their, their job and their family and what, you know, what was going on. Cause we would just play the game and shoot the shit. And it was fun. It was something I look forward to. So I get that. I get that. And I think what's, what's interesting about the cannabis space in web three is the sharing of knowledge. I mean, it's, yep. I've got, I got more knowledge than I know what to do with. and it doesn't do me any good because I, I know it and I've done it. So great for me. It's the, the purpose of what I do is to educate and to share. And I look at, I look at these, these discords or the Twitter spaces and I say, okay, these are people that are actively interested in what it is that I know. And I'll go and I'll contribute. And if it helps somebody, great. And what I like is how much I learn from other people too. You know, just because I've been doing it a long time doesn't mean that I know everything, not even close. So it's, it's a, it's a beautiful exchange for sure. Do you see like metaverse, uh, Decentraland, like clubs being a thing, like where people go in with their avatars, like, like, is that going to be a thing? What's the longer term vision? Yeah, I, I do think so. I think, uh, there's already, I mean, there's already big push by a lot of music artists. Uh, to play events, and obviously, I think I've just been seeing a lot more bigger NFT projects um, already bringing on like DJs, like actually like you know name DJs, like bigger name DJs, Hollywood, I guess, or Coachella type of stuff. And I, I think it's it's right around the corner. Yeah, it's right around the corner. Either being in a concert or some sort of event, music event, or maybe like a digital experience. Uh, and it could be, it could look like, you know, avatars, goofy avatars, maybe realistic <laughs> avatars, maybe avatars of the NFT that you're holding, you know, um, so it could be anything or it could be maybe some sort of uh, artistic experience where it's more visual, maybe a little bit uh, towards the psychedelic leaning, uh, you know, so it, it's, there's so many options for it, but yeah, it's, it's right around the corner. I mean, people are already buying up lands, people are already developing i think i think um my perspective is like why because minecraft is sort of like the meta land already you know metaverse already and i, I think why not just build, build in uh 
Minecraft a little bit more, use their engine, uh, I guess, to integrate everything. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, the real-world use case of, of NFTs and Web3 is fascinating to me. It's, um, I bought a fly fish club and it enables me to go and go to a restaurant in New York or Miami or LA or wherever, maybe Chicago, and I can lease it out. So if I'm not going to be in New York, then I can lease out my membership. So it's a passive income for me. And that's also, I can go to this, this restaurant and, and eat and do whatever it is that I do. And that's awesome. But it's, it's just a picture of a fish, but that, that fish and entitles me to all these cool things. So I like the real world use case. And yeah. Um, what are some of the things that you think, well, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not asking you to tell me any secret or anything like that, but what are some real world use cases you see with, with monster buds? Oh man. So we're working towards, right now like we're envisioning like a massive utility in the music and cannabis industries with a few partnerships that we're kind of in bandwidth uh, we have like a reggae community so we'll offer a limited uh release monster bus with like guest artists that will be used in like concert tickets uh new really new uh, release like songs albums or any drops and then for like special merch uh redemptions uh and some sort of you know future drops that will be organized and limited um within the, the Monster Buzz ecosystem, like I told you about the In Real Life events. Um, and then focusing a little bit, I think in mid-year, we're going to focus more on uh, utility when it comes to uh, cannabis dispensaries and farms yeah. to push uh, certain trains. So, yeah, I was just thinking like, okay, so if I have a, yeah. if, if I have a Monster Bud, then I could get like the, the secret menu. Yes, yes. And then we're going to have uh, we're going to release a lot more um, Puff Puff Pass, so that just helps with gas. If you own one of those, uh, you have like barely any gas fees. Uh, oh. It reduces, I think. Okay. I was wondering what those were. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think there's a hundred and something in the ecosystem, and we'll do and we'll we'll do more airdrops. We're going to do more campaigns. Right now, we're focusing on how I can integrate the LinkedIn community. I really do want more of our industry folks to join Monster Buds. Uh, like I said, it, it's a really cool community. Uh, it's really fun. Uh, we, we're just, you know, you hop on our channel. It's uh, on Discord channel. Uh, there's growers, there's cultivators, there's everybody in between. There's casual smokers. There's just, you know, the cannabis uh, uh, fans. It's just, uh, like I said, it's a beautiful community, like every other Web3 community. But uh, I, I think that's the next step for me to develop a strategy and how to introduce more of like onboarding paths and like campaigns from LinkedIn folks that are in my network to monster buds. Cause I definitely want them to participate and see and grow with us. Right. It's, and grow a growing buds. <laughs> <laughs> it's surprising to me. Like I'll make content, I'll throw it up there and I'll get, you know, some reactions. But what I've noticed is any of my NFT web three stuff, it gets way more engagement than anything else. And I yep. went, I just took a screenshot. Like, 
this was zero effort, guys. Like when I made a video and I edited this fucking thing and nobody cares. But I took a screenshot of my NFT and everybody cares. Like, what is this? <laughs> and yeah, it's, yeah, it's no, the interest. People are curious. <laughs> yeah. They want to know. And when I started talking about, I mean, oh my goodness, looking at analytics, uh, when I started talking about NFTs like a few months back, I think I've got I've got more views in the last month in my content. I think it was like over a hundred thousand and then the whole year last year. And not only that, it brought me so many freaking opportunities that I, I can't even tell you. My right now, my inbox is so full. I've been telling my wife, I'm like, I, I'm at, I, this is what it feels like, I guess, to be like that busy where like I, I have to wait a few days to reply to people on my DMs and actually read because I know some people like to send me paragraphs and I'm like, oh, I just don't want to read right now. I don't want to lose my focus. I'll read later because it's so, it's so deep. And like, I, you know, so it's like, oh man, like as soon as I started interacting and it's more fun, I think. Um, and, and to be honest, I, I like, I like cannabis folks that are, or the cannabis companies too, that are embracing the web three or looking, looking ways to get in or on board uh, or just future plans uh, to get into web three. I think it's, it's an awesome thing. And uh, looking at it from a different perspective too, um, there is, uh, I wouldn't say warriors or anything. There is a community of uh, cannabis developers and engineers that are focusing more on um, more of that dispensary open source um, software. Okay. Because I know one of the biggest issues, obviously, tech stacks, they're expensive <laughs> for for dispensaries. Uh, they're focusing on just lowering the entry price and focusing on maybe even uh, helping social equity uh, giving some of those software licenses away and uh, just having an open source uh, platform where you could just build on and customize with different APIs, whatever requirements there are for uh, retailers. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That, you um, people are sick of it because they know, they, they know it's a problem and I'm not knocking on any software, you know. Hey, oh, I will. You guys are oh, I, t- I totally will. <laughs> if you don't want to do it, <laughs> I will. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, you know, it, 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 there's still like, there's still models to Ugh. look after. And I know like centralization in, in some, in some ways is good, but at the same time, uh, they, they got irritated by it and they're solving a solution. And I think there's going to be a lot of competitions and a rude awakening for a lot of tech companies pretty soon. Well, I promise in the next two years, if they don't go, if they don't go a little bit more lenient route or more, I guess, affordable route, uh, there's going to be solutions because when people come together, then it's just, you know, it's much simpler. And and I know like people used to say, Hey, why don't you open source this? Well, when there's a huge enough bug or a problem, uh, try to convince a developer to do that for free. Right. <laughs> but, but right now what we have is the web three for it. So we can raise, we can raise capital. We can, we can have pools of uh, liquidity and we can reward those contributors to solve specific problems. Man, I, I could tell you what is, it would be a, incredibly lucrative contract and a, a great giant to topple that would probably be cheered from the masses of employed people in the cannabis field would be metric. Metric is the compliance. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're familiar with yeah. it. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I've worked with mm-hmm. the ERP software before. Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 they're fucking despised. They're despised and uh, they've got a monopoly on compliance and seed to sale tracking in the United States. Probably yeah. around, probably around the world, but I, I don't know about around the world, but definitely in the United States. And they they need to go. Someone needs to just knock them right off that pedestal. I oh my god, <laughs> I'll buy that person a, a steak dinner. Whoever does it, steak dinner for Matt Hoffman. I swear to God. No, no, no. Uh, buy, buy him a toker. Buy him a buy him a NFT. I think that's going to be a yeah. best way to reward. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. What, whatever it is, <laughs> theirs. Yeah. 
But the truth is, is that the things that aren't, aren't agile and don't have their head on a swivel, they'll get, they'll get gobbled up. And, yeah. uh, metric hope you do. So <laughs> I, I think, no, I think, I think, uh, yeah, there's, like I said, there's going to be a competitor for them. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, eventually like the last few years, metric and just in general, uh, corporate cannabis and other, and other big companies that, uh, usually there are usual gang of, uh, LinkedIn PR folks that post about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, yeah, those companies will, will definitely have competition. Well, yeah, they'll have competition, but they're not going to die. They're not going anywhere. And I'm, I'm, I'm worried for the little guy and I'm worried for the, especially worried for the social equity people. Yes. Yeah. They're, you know, I'm from cannabis. This is all I've ever done professionally is, is, is being cannabis. And I built a multi-million dollar organization and I can tell you that it's brutal. It's, 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 the most brutal thing that I've ever gone through. And you got to have business chops, but you got to know cannabis and then have the financial wherewithal and then be nimble enough and, and, and tenacious enough to weather the onslaught of things that are going to come at these people and they don't stop. They don't stop. So my, my advice to the social equity people is, do not mortgage your house. Do not mortgage your, your family's house and get into this thing. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Go and find another way because this thing will take everything and it won't matter. No, it won't matter. I've seen it and I and I hate it, but it happens. People run out of cash real fast in this thing and they go, well, geez, I had, I had a half a million dollars and I went, that's nothing. That's, Unfortunately, that's definitely not enough. Like, yeah. So there's my soapbox speech about that. I'm worried about them. I'll help them however I can. And usually it's, it's saying, Hey, you need to have a real conversation with your people about what it is you're willing to lose because maybe you don't lose your freedom. Like, like I did and like many other people did, but you could lose everything else. That's scary. So yeah. Um, have you worked with any dispensaries or have you worked in a dispensary? Have you worked in the industry at all? No, no, I never worked with a dispensary. Um, I was, I only worked with a few extraction companies. I never worked with uh, directly with retail. Uh, something I'm really interested in, uh, definitely, uh, just because I visit a lot. And I think, uh, as a designer, as I'm getting more mature, I'm looking more from a customer experience. I noticed uh, a lot of, negative aspects and challenges within the dispensary, not only when it comes to just running a dispensary, just more of like the front end and just a lot of things that are missing from management from like top to bottom almost. And obviously mm-hmm. the tech stacks as well, but uh, I, I'd be interested to work with uh dispensary. That's something definitely on the list in the near future. Well, if- or, you know, or focusing on a decentralized dispensary. That's our kind of, uh, actually spoke with somebody today that had, a that had a plan for the decentralized dispensary in, uh, in California. What does that even mean? Uh, basically owned by the, uh, the people. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Gotcha. Incor- incorporated with the NFT. Uh, there's still a lot of, you know, legal side of things. Yeah. Uh, obviously the revenue, you just can't share the revenue off directly from the dispensary. So there has to be more of like, uh, coming from the building or like a retail location, uh, more of like a physical location, I guess. 
there's there has to be a lot of things involved with it, but uh, let me see, let me pull it up actually. Yeah, that uh, that sounds like a legal quagmire. It is, it is. Uh, but I think I think uh, it's it's doable. Uh, I know the crypto cannabis club is focusing on that as well in the next three three years. I think on the roadmap, mm. we're pretty sure. Uh, their goal is actually to have free cannabis for uh, the pilgrims. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, and 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 definitely keep your toker and acquire more and more monsters because we're in the works of something. Too. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the monsters right now. I'm, um, I'm like, okay. You know, it's also also another thing with uh, what we're focusing on too in the web three right now uh, because of the open sea hack that happened a few days ago. Right. Uh, um, we're focusing on vertically integrated marketplaces like monster Woods. So meaning each NFT. Uh, spot will have probably their own or NFT projects will you're, you're going to see more pop it up of their own um, marketplaces and that's what we have that's why we're able to eliminate uh, or have low gas fees mm. uh, when it comes to purchase and at the same time it's a lot easier to onboard something within the community because you're on the same website you already <laughs> go in the marketplace you log into the profile and you have everything there mm. yeah versus of going to MetaMask we'll log it into your wallet changing your Mainnet, possibly, if you're on Polygon and Ethereum, logging into OpenSea, transferring all that. Yeah. If you have to convert your money, uh, if you're using a credit card or you're using wallet to wallet, I mean, there's just uh, there's a lot of steps. And I, to be so honest, that's I, what I mean when it, it comes to accessibility of like reducing those steps where you could just go straight forward to doing something. Right, and the, and messing up one of those steps is boom, there goes your money, and it's like yep. that's scary. Um, I'm, I'm almost out of, I, I'm still pending. Well, and, and there's things like that could happen too. Uh, mm. Like double contract or contract swap. Like right now I lost 800 bucks during uh, a month ago when I was trying to purchase like tie-dye ninjas and a few other uh, NFTs that I was interested in. And it was actually during the same hour that uh, Ethereum network was down. Ooh. So what happened was my contract got swapped out and the money transferred to somebody else. Oh, brutal. Um, but the the thing is, like I, I you know, it happens, uh, and you know, I've lost a lot of ether before the scams. Uh, I mean, gladly back in the day when it was only less than a hundred bucks, but um, <laughs> but still, uh, yeah, there, it's a lot of money, and you know, things like that happen. But it just it just shows you that, uh, like, the, I guess the positive way of looking at it, what happened to me, I'm still able to see it on a public. Uh, Lock right. I'm able to go into each scan or something. I'm, I'm yeah. able to see who the scammer is, and people leave comments on you know on the transactions that he's a scammer or you know he or she or whoever that is. Yeah. Whoever that anonymous uh, scumbag is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just gives us like a public, I guess, uh, view to not transact with that specific address. Yeah. So on that, so on in OpenSea, I've got Monster Buds Genesis, Monster Buds Generations, Monster mm-hmm. Buds. And then Monster Bud Sessions. That's all, all four of those are you guys, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. We had uh, special drops for like, um, when it came to, I think the, I think the Genesis is the main one. Yep. 11,000. Uh, yeah. 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 Monster Genesis is the same one. Monster Generation is uh, our second one. And then Monster Sessions was like a, uh, a special drop. I think a collection we used mm-hmm. to do um, charity auction. And uh, our artist, Trevor, uh, illustrator, he's actually like a really talented person. He worked for Disney, Yeezy. Uh, he's the guy that makes our, uh, basically, artwork and everything else, illustration. And he comes up with the ideas and 
comes up with more of like the storytelling part. And, mm-hmm. you know, most, most of my, uh, most of the cannabis industry knows, uh, we have Jerry, uh, and Jerry Garcia, we kind of go after him when we incorporate him. And I think, uh, it, it's sort of like that cultural, uh, yeah. fit for us too. A lot of people are fascinated by it. So when they see Jerry, they laugh at it. And they're like, Oh yeah, we know. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's no question who that guy is. Same with Cheech and Chalk or Snip Dog. Like, it's like, yeah, we know who those guys are. Like, I don't even put a name on them. I know. Yeah, it's great. Um, but uh, Monster Genesis is the main one. Yeah, that's okay. where. I'm new to this this whole NFT space. And I guess what I'm curious about is with, with the cannabis community, Monster Buds, Crypto Cannabis Club, have you seen any cannabis nonprofits approach any of any of these projects and say, Hey, would you consider collaborating with us to, well, specifically to, to help people get jobs in, in the real cannabis field? Has anybody approached you guys about that? No, no one approached the, I, I know that most of most of them are, uh, a lot of, I see cannabis, at least startups there, you know, it's, I think it's, I don't know if it's some sort of uh, easier access to it, but I, a lot of people are donating to, the last prisoner project, but that's the only ones that are kind of, I see popping up with other ones. Maybe it's just easy to partner with them. I'm not sure, but, uh, it's no, not, I haven't seen anything like not, that to it's, partner. It's not easy to partner with them. You know, between, between you and I, it's not easy to partner with them. I've, I've never begged to work with anybody except for them. And it was almost four years ago. Cause we've been, we've been doing this since 2018 and hmm. I could not get anywhere with them. They just, they're just on their own jam. They're just doing their own thing. They don't, they're just doing their own thing. They like, okay, well, I begged and I don't fucking beg. I begged. I said, Hey, we can help the people that are coming out. We can help them. They need resumes. They need to get prepped for interviews. They need to have the confidence to, to negotiate for a salary and to support them throughout their career. That's what we do. And they they were on their own thing. Okay. So if it's easy to work with them, I wouldn't know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, I've I've seen a few of them that are partnered, and I was like, huh, maybe that's uh, I mean, I've heard of them obviously so many times, but uh, those are the ones. That's the one that popped up. Um, most of, I mean, most of the cannabis NFT projects I just use, they they usually work with or partner with somebody, some sort of still like maybe not even can non cannabis related, um, non for profit, or just uh, some sort of cause. Yeah, yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm curious about it just because it's. Crypto, it's cannabis. We're the first, we were the first cannabis nonprofit to ever accept cryptocurrency donations. So I'm like, hey, you guys are the first in the field. We're the first in the field. You know, can we, can we talk? Can we work together? Like, yeah, Yeah, I think, I think, I think down the line, we definitely have to uh, talk and establish something, maybe come up with a roadmap or something or, you know, see if there's, see if there's any fit or collaboration or ideas that cross over and then. Uh, cause we're open. I mean, right now we're working with a lot of brands, uh, in the next few months, just because we have a lot of initiatives and just outcomes and goals to complete. And, uh, there's just, you know, web through communities just freaking rock every day. There's something new, but no, we're open towards that. Yeah. There's definitely some room, uh, anything, anything to do with cannabis related, anything good, uh, should be a priority for a lot of people. Most people. Yeah. 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 I I agree. Absolutely. I mean, well, thanks. I mean, yeah, thank you. I mean, thanks. It's 
the beginning of a conversation. Um, yeah, I mean, is there anything that I can do to help you guys? Uh, don't really know in any way right now, to be honest. Share, share, buy a monster, play a gig, get, get involved within an ecosystem, see how it works, invite others, uh, breed your own buds, <laughs> drop your own buds to other people. You know, I think that's cool. It's such, your own buds, you know, it's like. It's such a mind blower to me to like, to, to go, wait a minute, I'm going to grow weed virtually. It's like, I did that. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Are there. Are there ones that you like within the collection? I'm, a, I, I, you know, I'm personally, I love the Jerry's. I, I don't know why. I mean, you know, I've, I went to one of the last uh, Grateful Dead concerts in Chicago uh, before, before Jerry, we, we couldn't even get in. We were in the parking lot and uh, there's, a, there's a lot involved. There's like personal sentiments, obviously the Grateful Dead helped uh, Lithuanian uh, national basketball team for the Olympics to basically after we got out from the, Soviet Union to participate in Olympics. We didn't have money, so Beautiful Dead actually raised a lot of money for us to help with uniforms and all that stuff. So that's why there's the Lithuanian uh, basketball skull, the Grateful Dead skull uh, t-shirts. They were like sort of like the funding. So I have a personal uh, attachment to Grateful Dead, but I prefer Jerry's, but there's a, there's a lot of cool uh, monster buzz. And look into uh, Generation 1 monster buzz. I think there's a lot of cool ones. Generation 1, okay. <clears throat> gotcha. Um, any thoughts, questions for me? Uh, no, not that I could think of, man. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was easy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've got one for you. Have you set up a second email yet? I've got my, my public facing one to where when it's, when it's blown up, I'm like, Oh my God, (laughs) I've got the, I've got the one where you can actually get a hold of me. Have you had to do that yet? Yeah, I have uh, one that's like an alias name. That's sort of my uh, Web three alias. Yeah. yeah, I have I have that just for uh, Web three folks. <laughs> and then I have one, and I'm actually in in the process of uh, deleting all my Gmail accounts and focusing going on uh, more secure platform like Proton Mail and stuff. Is just yeah. trying to get away from uh, you know Google, and I'm I'm not a fan of their product. Yeah, I use it, and you know, but there's other there's other solutions out these days. There's, there's even things like paid email, which I think there it's it's very normal to pay and get a regular email like hey.com. Uh, it's a creator of Basecamp management tool. Uh, I think their ethos is very, very awesome because it aligns with my values. They kind of went off uh, the road to canceled all their uh, social media accounts like Facebook and stuff like that just because they they didn't really uh, respect what they were doing. And I, I, uh, I totally respect companies that take that route and uh, create something new. Yeah. Yeah. I'm leery of all this, the, I've had my Facebook, I've had my LinkedIn, my Instagram, I've had them torn down more times than I can count, which I didn't even, I stopped bothering up until I think a year, year and a half ago. No, two years ago now with LinkedIn, because I was just tired of building something and then having it ripped down because of who we are. Oh, Jesus Christ. Here we go again. So yeah, uh, they can all kind of skate in my book. So <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> is... If you're open to it, would you talk to some people on your team and see if they would be open to um, talking with me? I, I want to put together an advisory board for our cannabis for Web3. And mm-hmm. the type of leader I am is I clearly say I don't know what I don't know. 
And then I try to find people that know, know about that topic. And I'm just a, I'm just a connector. I'm just a, the glue. That's, that's my role. So, I mean, are you open to talking to anybody and seeing if they would get to know us and, and possibly come on? Yeah, no, that's advice? why I was going to, I was going to tell you to send me a link uh, and more info on, I, I did look through your stuff. Uh, I just don't have a link or anything like top of my head. Um, but I'll send it to Charles. He kind of does all the, uh, partnership stuff and I'll, I'll put in the word. Okay. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And yeah, I appreciate your time talking with me. And if you're open to it, then maybe in like a month and a half, two months, let's reconvene and just kind of see, I'm curious to see where you are now, where your projects are now, what your opinions and positions are now and how they develop over time. Is that something you're open to? Definitely. Yeah, of course. Heck yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I'll be a different person in the month. I mean, I'm a different person every week in this damn, yeah. damn industry. <laughs> Cannabis, Ben West 3, everything's just moving, freaking every way possible. It's like, there's so much to, to keep track of. It's just insane. Yeah, it is. And I, you know, I'll give you some advice. I've, you know, I've been in business. I've owned a few businesses in the, in my tenure and take, take time. Seriously, have it go, take your wife out for a weekend, take time and just go and live because it will never stop. And, uh, one, it, it can learn to, it can lean to Jesus. I can't speak. It's the end of the day. My brain is toast. Um, <laughs> it can lead to burnout and then also, um, you miss a lot of stuff. So enjoy the ride both at work, but carve out time for yourself, you know, in a life. That's, I missed a lot just by focusing and just building my companies. And yeah, we crushed it and that's great. But you know, I, I look back and go, wow, you know, all I did was work. And no, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm almost, I feel like, uh, soon enough, there'll be like a week where, yo, you can only reach me by my email or somebody that is important to have my phone number. They can reach me and I'll yeah. be somewhere on a beach. Yeah. So you're, you're in Colorado now? Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you ever get to Western Michigan, you've got a friend here now. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll definitely give you a call. Um, uh, I mean, the closest I'll be is Chicago and uh, in April, but I think uh, eventually I definitely want to take a few trips uh, down in the Midwest. I want to check out the Michigan game when it comes to cannabis. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's an interesting place. Mom and pops have a fight on their hands for sure. For sure here. Yeah. That's, we'll just put it that way. Um, but there's great bud here. So that's good too. <laughs> well, Hey, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, I have an open door policy call, text, email. If, if it's something that I can't help you with, then I'll try to connect you to somebody in my network that can. Uh, mm -hmm. So don't, don't hesitate to reach out. I'll do whatever I can do to help you. Awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. It so fun talking, man. Yeah. Thank you. And have a great evening. You as well, man. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay. Well, that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, like the, the development of an intersection of cannabis and technology. Uh, wow. <laughs> I love the idea of real world use cases with NFTs. And I like the idea that, that playing a game, could give somebody an insight into what it is to actually work in the field.
I promise you it'll be more work to work, to actually work in the cannabis field. It'll be much more work. Um, and you'll probably smell better. <laughs> Everyone will smell you. I promise you that you'll stink like a skunk. So it's, so it's really, it's really interesting to see how things are developing. Monster Buds, uh, again, we're not affiliated, not spot, not sponsored, not partnered with, with them. It's cool. It's a cool project on, uh, I'm just, I'm just looking at them on OpenSea. So go to OpenSea and check out Monster Buds. Make sure they have the little blue check mark next to them. But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the possibilities are kind of endless for what could be done with this technology. And I, I think that the cannabis industry, because of the challenges, some of that were described in, in this episode that we face, Web3 and blockchain technology can, we can just step over some of these longstanding impediments. You know, as I said, we were able to accept crypto donations before we got traditional payment processor donations. And that's wild. That's totally wild. So if you like what you're hearing, then subscribe, tell your friends and family. Because our cannabis is here to help you get a job in the cannabis field. This has been Matt Hoffman, and I look forward to seeing you in the cannabis field. Bye-bye.